listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about why we're getting more darkness subclasses in the future, why I think we are. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or you're watching a past broadcast, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. If you want all my content in one location, be sure to bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. SNTR Network has all of my shows, The Rageous Roundtable, Repeat Theater, and this show, SNTR Presents. It's got the schedules and the breakout videos if you prefer uploads as opposed to a long past broadcast with timestamps. So, Dark Subclasses is something that I've been theorizing about ever since we learned about Stasis and ever since we learned about the next couple of years. There's a lot of things that were stated in the video that outlined both the Beyond Light expansion in addition to Witch Queen and Lightfall. And ever since then, I have been kind of putting together breadcrumbs and theorizing about the various reasons why I think we are going to become a guardian of power. If you watch some of the most recent playback footage of people playing with stasis, you saw on the screen an orb of power generated or picked up. Well, that's that's not an orb of light. You can't really pick up an orb of light to power your new darkness subclass. And I started theorizing that we will become uh, a guardian of power. I also think the stranger may already be a guardian of power, given that she says she's not born of light and she's kind of the one pushing us and teaching us how to use stasis. So what do we know? Let's, let's actually talk facts here about what we actually know to put a little bit more meat on the bones here. The Desi 2 Beyond Light vid doc showed the subclass menu and they toggled from light subclasses. Okay? And it clearly states pick darkness subclasses and it's plural. Okay? The plural, I don't think, is just them trying to kind of homogenize the menu. So it's like darkness subclasses and light subclasses, and you just happen to only have one darkness subclass. It also, I don't think, would make sense long term to always have this weird menu set up for just one subclass within the darkness subclass category. So the plural nature of it, the fact that it would feel pretty imbalanced and really odd to create this entirely new UI for just one subclass. If we were only going to be toggling from the three lights and then to stasis, I think they would have just added a fourth diamond off to the side on the left. So there's a handful of things here that I think point to the fact that we are going to be getting more darkness subclasses. The plural nature of the word, darkness subclasses, and the fact that we toggle between. Once you pick light, then off to the left you have your diamonds for all of your light subclasses. And once you pick dark, obviously off to the left there are no diamonds yet. I believe this is how they set it up, knowing full well that they had plans to add more dark subclasses in the future because... Again, I think we're going to become a guardian of power in Lightfall. Luke Smith says that everything is leading to a moment. I believe that moment is that we fundamentally change as guardians into guardians of power, and we wield both the light and the dark by our own pure power. And some of the language used from uh, the video that they showed for the stranger about having the power to wield these things, I think she's going to sort of open our mind and our eyes to just how strong we really are as a guardian. Secondly, how could it work? Like, how could this work? Like, what other darkness powers are you going uh, to use? Well, we already have poison in the game right now. You have poison uh, on the thorn, and they're adding more poison. You're going to have a warlock exotic armor that's going to be spreading poison, and I think that would actually fit really well with Witch Queen. Everything we see for Beyond Light's very blue, very cold, very ice-like, and then the Witch Queen stuff's all green and all kind of hive hive nature. So we could be, you know, wielding poison. A lot of people had 
had theorized about a decay subclass, which would be a poison or damage over time based subclass, and that's sort of based on some of the lore about what is known as the weaker nuclear power in the universe of Destiny, the stronger nuclear power being solar, and the weaker being decay. So poison could, in essence, be that. A green subclass, very poison-based, damage over time-based, and it would be similar to ice, it would give you different ways of, of getting into combat and sort of spreading pain to the enemies. Also, very recently, we've got the Malfeasance, but we also now have the Wither Horde. It, it allows us to use what I think are Taken powers. You basically put a Blight on the ground, and you actually Blight the enemies. They become Blighted. So we are wielding a power that, as far as I can tell, is a Taken power. Uh, and I believe we could learn that from the Drifter, and that could be happening in Lightfall, since the Drifter uh, even refers to the Taken as my Taken at one point in some of the dialogue right now. He's like, those aren't my Taken, when they show up during the contact public event. He also says at the end of the most recent dungeon, light, dark, it don't matter. He doesn't really see a difference between light and dark. He merely seems to view them as powers to be wielded. All of this has happened at the same time of the Wither Horde showing up. We had almost no indication in the game that we would ever be able to wield stasis powers or ice powers, and that suddenly is now in the game. I actually think we have more reason to think that both Poison and Blight could be future dark subclasses given some of the things that are already in the game. Also, something that Luke Smith said in the big video where they announced everything, he said that every expansion would take us to a new, never-before-seen location, and that's happening in Beyond Light, and stasis actually comes from Europa. They could keep that pattern and rhythm every year. We go to a brand new place and that brand new place, we acquire a new power that is needed for the new threat that we are facing. Aramis with stasis. We could go and face the witch queen and poison and green or whatever could be on some planet. It could be the source of, uh, of what's going on. We know that during uh, Season of the Hunt, Zivu Arath will be corrupting the Fallen and the Cabal to create an army, and Poison and Corruption are kind of similar in some respects, so Witch Queen and Lightfall could each bring a new subclass from their various locations. Lastly, let's talk about what about the light subclasses? Because obviously, if they do this, that remains a question. Like, what's sort of the goal long-term for the subclasses we have now? Because they're going to feel very different. If you've watched any of the videos of the footage or even the vid doc, they outline the aspects and the fragments that you will be able to use that essentially augment and modify the stasis subclass, as well as some of your class abilities like the rift ability on the warlock. The Aspects and Fragment system, I think, would be a perfect way to bring them to the other subclasses and just completely change them, augment them, and modify them, and they would stay the same at their core. Rather than build entirely new subclass trees, they can simply augment and modify what is already there. That is why I don't think when they built Stasis, they decided to go to this big, huge, you know, skill tree branching thing that a lot of people were expecting, because prior to seeing the information about the Stasis subclass, we were told it was going to bring back a lot of that customization and a lot of those different builds. And I think many people thought we were going to go back to that classic, you know, there's like 20 bubbles on the screen and you're mixing and matching and creating your own skill tree. I really like, from what I've seen, the aspects in the fragment system, because it's more about crafting a build that complements itself along with your other, uh, you know, the other things in your in your subclass. I do think, uh, and your loadout, I do think we need a loadout system. We're going to get more and more in-depth with building a loadout and crafting a build with the Armor 2.0 system, getting a little bit more flexible, as well as the Ghost itself 
12 having some movable mods and now having actual like essentially mods in your subclass it would be nice to have a loadout system to save this so the question really would be though when would they do this when would they decide to say all solar arc and void subclasses now get augmented the same way that stasis each season this year would be pretty cool they could they could highlight each one each season and have like a theme they could have a theme of solar and then arc and then void because there are three seasons between now uh, and the next expansion which is witch queen uh, I feel like that might be too soon maybe they would do it uh, in the next expansion but it will feel rather weird if a handful of things happen Number one, if we never get another Darkness subclass, I believe that will feel very, very dissonant, both within the UI that they've already shown us, and with the nature of just like, we're going to have three light and always just this one random dark subclass, that would feel kind of weird and kind of dissonant and imbalanced. The other reason I think, you know, a weird result could be from all of this is if the light subclasses never change. We were told that this new system by Luke Smith is a bit of an experiment, so they're not automatically just going to switch all the light subclasses to be homogenized to match stasis. But I do think, you know, long term, that would be another dissonance within our loadout, the UI and our menu systems to have a bunch of light subclasses that literally cannot even do the cool things that the others can. You don't want to have that feeling of, well, when I go back to Well of Radiance or Tether or Bubble or any of the other really, really good PvE subclasses, I don't have any customization or control or any of the cool stuff here that I have on the other subclass. So I think those two those two forms of dissonance I would feel that Bungie are going to try to avoid meaning that we will get other darkness subclasses and also meaning that I do believe the light subclasses will be updated to match the way stasis is going to work. We're going to transition into a Q&A session live with the audience so don't go anywhere if you are here live. If you're listening elsewhere be sure to go to sntrlive.com if you want to watch me live and bookmark sntrnetwork.com for all my content in one location. As always, no matter where you're watching, please like, share, and subscribe. To or watch another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about more darkness subclasses. If you want to catch these streams live, you can always go to sntrlive.com. If you want all my content in one location, go to sntrnetwork.com and bookmark that site, sntrnetwork.com. Com. And when you do that, it's got everything in one spot. Rage's Roundtable, Repeat Theater, and SNTR Presents. The schedules, the content, the videos, it's all there. So, first question coming in from Ink Toxicant says, Assuming more Aspect or Fragment Dark subclasses are on the way, should Bungie try to update the Light classes as new Dark Powers release? Or should they use these new Dark Powers to flesh out this system and update all the Light Powers at once post-Lightfall? I mean... I actually think there's a couple of ways to approach this. You've outlined a couple of the options, right? Like flesh it out, spend a good amount of time really coming over it before putting it into the others. And I actually think that's probably a a good approach for a couple of reasons. Bungie tends to kind of want to let something marinate for a year before they really overhaul it or make changes. And we don't know what they have planned season to season. So season to season they could have more fragments and aspects dropping for the stasis subclasses and in that vein they're going to experiment and really get things where they want i mean luke smith even said that this is an experiment they're not just going to automatically throw this system into the other subclasses and i think that's why they're probably going to take the time to do it first in my talk i said it'd be kind of cool 
to see them bring the aspects and fragments to each of the light subclasses you know throughout the year in each of the seasons but that feels kind of too soon i do sort of feel like they would wait and say let's really round this out first before we do it so i could really see a world where witch queen sees a new dark subclass and then all the light subclasses get updated to the aspects and fragment system so everything's kind of uh homogenized it 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 is it is i think a a fair a fair speculation to make that the you know the the nature the nature of the subclass system isn't going to stay in this weird mismatch scenario where your light subclasses are attunement based and then your dark subclasses are aspects and fragments based i can't see that there's a handful of forms of dissonance that could take place in the subclass menus number one the one that we're highlighting right you toggle uh you you toggle between darkness subclasses and light subclasses well why would i need to do that if i'm only going to get one dark subclass i can't see that being a maintained dissonance for forever and then secondly i can't see the actual subclasses themselves being completely different from each other some being attunement based and some being aspect and fragment based one of the reasons as i said in uh, earlier and even when they outlined all these changes when they had the um they had the, the the blog post with the info each week we got more pictures of each subclass of the stasis ones I said, I think they did this because this is not a brand new skill tree. This is something that you can do to the other subclasses. You bring aspects and fragments to the other subclasses and they augment and change them as opposed to having to completely rebuild them, which is what they would have had to have done. So the attunements will become aspects and fragments and then they could add more and then you just pick your super you got your class abilities grenades jumps and all of that same way it is now so i think what they're trying to do is evolve the attunements and that's essentially what aspects and fragments are kind of supposed to be and yet they're going further because they're more like mods than they are like little attunement boxes that you just pick and they can kind of be pieced together in ways that are complementary because the one like it gives you increased gun damage after you shatter something uh, or after you freeze something. And then there was one that was like increased gun damage against froze enemies or something like that. So you can start to really build, I think, some really, really nice uh, synergistic builds just from some of the ones that we've seen. And I think they will probably then take the year uh, to work out all of the all of the, the rough spots and all of the things that might be problematic. I mean, the artifact was great, right? But even it has had some things about it that we have tried to uh, we have tried to say, you know, hey, let's 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 really make some of these changes. The glimmer ones don't matter. Spending money to reset it's kind of annoying. Do we really need endless leveling? You know, the champion mod system could be overhauled. I'm curious if they're going to do anything with champion mods uh, in in year four. I really am because we've we've had a lot of issues with them. You know, we're not thrilled with their implementation. Uh, Horn Joe says, with us having three light subclasses and probably three dark subclasses in the future, could you see guardians having to choose a side uh, with two competing factions? This is one of the things that I don't think is a likely outcome of what we're doing. I do think we're going to become something more or different than a Guardian of Light. I, I also think that's a that's likely um, it's likely to affect our relationship with the Traveler, um, because there is there is this this sense of 
betrayal I think that's going to come from this that that we're turning to the darkness instead of just maintaining uh, our our light connection with the traveler. So whenever I, I I would say I would say that if they're if they're going to give us three of each. I don't think that leads to us choosing a side. Now, I know someone's making mention of it in chat. Luke Smith is a WoW player, World of Warcraft, right? Horde versus Alliance, choose a side, you know? And he made a World of Warcraft reference in the one tweet when he said, you are not prepared. That's great. You know, that's, I I would say that that could be a hint, like maybe he wants to take us there because he said everything's leading to Lightfall and like this is a moment, right? It's leading to a moment, and that moment could be us choosing sides. I happen to think it would be really weird if we did that for a handful of reasons. Number one, is the decision permanent? If it's permanent, that's not going to be that enjoyed by people who have hung on to these light subclasses for six or seven years. People get mad about sunsetting, and that's not nearly as extreme, right? Sunsetting is nothing compared to a permanent choice here where if you choose dark, that's it. You're a dark guardian with dark powers, okay? So I would, I would say that they wouldn't do it permanently. Well, if they don't do it permanently, then how meaningful is the decision at that point? If it's like factions in the tower, then I can switch throughout the day. Then what have you actually done? You know what I'm saying? We can do that now. We can toggle between, right? The keyword for the website on Bungie is launched is choose. I get that. I get that. But we are choosing. We are choosing a new path. We're choosing to embrace the darkness, as as the drifter says. And so I can't see them making it permanent. And I... I don't know. I can't see if I can't see you. If it's not permanent, then why bother doing it? I don't know. That's just kind of my take on it. I, I I don't I don't necessarily I don't have a dog in the fight either way. Honestly, I could I could go either way. It, it could be interesting. It could be fun. Um, I don't know if I would like that though. Where all of a sudden my titan is dark and this and my warlock is light and. You know, and I'm, and I'm like, oh, I really miss my Warlock Nova Bomb, and I can't do it anymore. Can I make six characters then? So maybe I have one of each. Would anybody really want to do that, though? Um, I don't know. If I was putting money on the table, um, I, I would say I would bet against this being a thing. Uh, I would bet against this being a thing. I don't. I don't necessarily think they're going to put us into a position to choose sides because I don't think a permanent decision would go over very well. I don't think people would like that. And if it's not permanent, why bother doing it? You know. I don't. That's that's kind of my take on it. Uh, Darksider. With the interference showing us the darkness reaching out to the Fallen Hive and Cabal, looks like the darkness subclasses might be tied to the races. Fallen Ice Stasis, Hive Plague Poison, and what would thematically fit for the Cabal? I don't know. Because the Cabal don't really wield powers, do they? I don't know. They, they don't... And the fallen don't either, so we wouldn't have really known that the fallen would be would be drawn to ice and stasis. Like what the fallen being drawn to ice and stasis doesn't really doesn't really fit with their lore or their background. Um, and the hive being drawn to like a plague or a poison thing, I could see that. Um, I mean, I could see the cabal 
you know, with their militaristic idea being drawn to a blight because that's what the Taken use and the Taken created an army, and they might think that that's a that's a good way to rebuild their legions and rebuild their forces. Um, they may have a dog in the fight to take over the Taken power or to use the Taken power because they crash a ship into the Dreadnought. I mean, they wanted to take over the Dreadnought. If you remember. During that Shield Brothers mission, there a signal from outside the solar system told the Shield Brothers ship to crash into the Dreadnought. So they were interested in the Dreadnought maybe for more reasons than we know. So there could be story elements uh, there um, where you know the Dreadnought and the Taken and those powers are interesting to them. And the Hive are more interested in corruption and poison because... Um, because we know right now, you know, Zivu Arath is corrupting an army with the uh, with the Wrathborn like little things, and they're all very green and kind of poisony looking. So I don't know. I, there's there's a there's a lot going on here. Um, they wanted to blow up the Dreadnought. That was it. Oh, that's right. There's a bomb. You're right, CJ. They wanted to blow it up. But again, again, there could have been ulterior motives. There could have been ulterior motives to crash the ship and steal the power and then leave and, and then blow it up on their way out to destroy the evidence. I mean, there could have been more going on. Uh, the There could have been more going on at that point in time. The Shield Brothers strike, you go into that room and there's a big giant bomb in the center of the room and you basically shut it off. You, you, you defeat them and save the Dreadnought from getting blown up. There could have been more going on there, you know? Um, it could be tech-based, like a summoner subclass. I don't know. I don't know. I think there's a lot of ways they could do this. I would actually say we're probably going to go to destinations to get the power. We're going to Europa to get stasis, and every expansion brings a new, never-before-seen destination. So, Eleveny uh, Ash says, with it being all but confirmed that we're getting more darkness subclasses, feels like we're straying farther from the Traveler as Guardians. There are definitely lore consequences, but what, if any, gameplay changes do you think we would see around uh, Witch Queen and Lightfall uh, if we're entirely darkness-based? I think they would do something with the Traveler. Um, the Traveler will leave, um, would be my speculation. Um, because we may become sort of aware of other things going on. We may be sort of like, uh, um, we, we may sort of see the traveler as like using us as pawns. And now that we can wield both powers of our own right, and we no longer need a connection to the traveler, I can see the traveler leaving uh, because it uh, feels exposed or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Um, the Triangle ships are the ancient foe of the Traveler. So we may suddenly realize we're, we're, we're a part of an actual tug of war that has been going on for forever. And now that we can wield both sides, the Traveler will maybe feel like it can't stick around because it's, it's, its main reason for sticking around, I guess, is us. Uh... We'll have light and dark, and if the Traveler leaves, then we can't have the light. I would wager to say, once we have three dark powers, it severs our connection to the Traveler, and then we have to wield the light powers by our own. That's why I said we're going to become a guardian of power. We're going to wield the light powers by a sheer force of strength that we have that I might we might not be aware that we have. 
the stranger could be helping us like helping wake us up to the fact that we are more powerful than we realize we don't need the traveler to wield the light it's kind of like the thing with thor his true power comes from within he doesn't need the hammer right we don't need the traveler to wield arc and void and solar we're strong enough to wield it on our own and that could be something we're being shown through the stranger because she's not born of light and yet she's really freaking powerful she's 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 wielding stasis just kind of doing it like what so i don't know yeah we could leave the solar system that's also possible so yeah are you god of hammers or you god of thunder right are you a guardian or are you a guardian of light? I feel that we're something. I think I think we're going to become, like I said, guardians of power. Strider Prime. Stasis looks like a fun subclass. Uh, what can Bungie do to make us still want to use the light? Well, this is this is a discussion we had a while ago about how are you going to unseat um, Well of Radiance, Bubble, and Tether in late game PVE? How are you going to do that? Now, if they do it too specifically, you're going to end up with Reckoning-style content. Yo, Yixels, missed my daily five spot. Never. Hope everyone's doing well. Thank you, Yixels. I don't want them to build Reckoning content, but it would be nice if endgame content, endgame environments, and and, and new challenges or whatever, um, that Stasis has some footing. Because Tether and Bubble and Well of Radiance are so universally efficacious, it's going to be, I think, in some respects, hard to actually put them down. Um, and think about it right now especially in PvE there are a lot of light subclasses that you just don't really use in PvE you just don't you're not going to probably use Tickle Fingers you might use Chaos Reach you're not really going to use um, the the Arc subclass for the for the, the Hunter where he like spins it or whatever um, y- you know the only reason you pick the top tree is to run Celestial Solar, a hunter. There are already a handful of supers and attunements that you just don't touch on the light side in PvE. PvP is a little bit more of a mixture. There's a little bit, there's some in there that get more representation than they do in PvE. So, I I don't know. As far as them saying like, oh, you're really going to want to use stasis, I hope it's in a way that feels organic and not sort of shoehorned. I don't want a. Um, we don't want reckoning. We do not. I do, we do not want reckoning. I, I don't. I don't think um, reckoning style content is good. They've even admitted that reckoning style content is uh, is is too narrow. Um, they've they've made that very very clear. They don't want to create that kind of content. Um, so it's a uh, it's it's a bit of a conundrum. Because, um, Celestial is bottom. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You always, you you run bottom. You never really run top tree. I said that backwards. Sorry. Um, I, I got confused. You only ever really run the, the bottom tree in solar with Celestial. And then you run middle. You don't run top is what I meant to say. I said it backwards. What I meant to say is like almost nobody runs top tree solar in, in PVE at all. Um, because you're only ever going to run bottom with Celestial or middle for, you know, because Way of a Thousand Cuts is pretty fun. Even then, I would say Way of a Thousand Cuts is, uh, 
you know, Way of a Thousand Cuts is just not that... It, that one doesn't show up that often either. I like running it in a solar brawler environment with Ophidia Space because you can just Genji it up. You know, Knife Trick's actually really, really strong. Um, so, Way of the Outlaw can be fun. I'm just thinking Endgame. You gotta, you gotta go back to where I originally said what I said. Endgame PvE, you're not really gonna run Way of the Outlaw. You're either gonna run Celestial for DPS or you're gonna run Tether with probably like Wormhusk or, or uh, Orpheus Rigs. Um... And so that's kind of the question, right? Stasis will probably be a lot of fun everywhere. Strikes, public space, places like that. Um, But you go in endgame, is it going to feel like Way of a Thousand Cuts? You know, is it going to feel like Chaos Reach? Where it's fun and cool, but you're not taking in endgame content, you know? Or just use Wormhust to crutch in PvP. Hey, hey, mister, I loved running a nine-second worm husk in Trials. It was really fun, and probably broken, but it was really fun. (laughs) Manny Smalls says, We are more than likely to get Decay subclass now. You and I both agree Eris will likely teach us this power in Witch Queen. Uh, But could you see the Dredgens and Shin Malfor Malfor, uh, having a high degree of involvement in the new power? Shin's whole philosophy is balance overall. Matt with a five spot. Sorry I'm 20 minutes behind, but I had to jump in live. Please stop yelling at me. I'm sorry, Dad. Matt! Yeah. Um... Wasn't directed at you. You get a pass. Oh, thank you, Wolverine. <laughs> I get a pass. I'm allowed to use Worm Husk in Crucible. Um, I think what you're getting at is something I was getting at a little bit ago, where the Drifter says at the end of the dungeon, "Light, dark, it don't matter." He's essentially saying, in his mind, they're equal. They're both. They're both just powers to be wielded, and I do think he would be the one that would have figured out how to harness the power of Taken or Blight because he actually says during the Contact public event he says those aren't my Taken we've really got to kind of raise our eyebrows that like I'm sorry what? You're Taken? What? You have taken you can control taken doesn't he control taken in that one scene where he's playing cars with the guy i mean uh, drifter's apparently figuring out how to harness the power of taken and blight and so he can probably teach us how to use it and the wither horde is an indication that we can use blighted powers um against enemies um so <laughs> he summons it but it doesn't listen to him but doesn't he he summons it but it doesn't hurt him someone doesn't equal control he just summons it well maybe he doesn't know how to control it yet maybe that's a sign of just like he's he's figuring out ways to harness the power beyond just summoning I don't know um his his control over the prime evils is really odd but I don't think it's quite near the level of Oryx Savathun it cuts away Mm. so he can make them it wanted to kill him okay well wouldn't that create a summoner class then like a blighted summoner class like it would be because we've always thought about like having a having a summoner class I don't know it's his character mine's just an expression of it I don't know dude I don't know if we're gonna learn some kind of a dark a dark taken power I feel like we would learn it from him um 
He has his own plane that he stores them. It was given by the Nine. Okay. Interesting. Why would he want to defend himself, though, and say, those aren't my Taken? Unless there was a possibility for his Taken to come out into the regular world. Um, I don't know. A lot of speculation there, but I think it fits. I think it fits. You learn stasis from the stranger, some kind of poison decay subclass from Eris, and then you learn some sort of taken blight subclass from the drifter. I think it fits. I do. Because I could even see dialogue. Okay, so in, in Lightfall, we're going to a new location every time. So we go to a new location and we learn stasis. We go to a new location in Witch Queen and we learn this poison decay. I could see the new location being the missing puzzle piece that drip that the drifter needed to both summon and control the blighted taken power and that's what we learn from the new destination in lightfall and when we learn that power that's what fundamentally changes everything and we maybe sever our connection to the traveler or something i don't know there's a lot there necro so is stasis a new element or is it a power will our weapons deal stasis what color will the damage be i don't know they haven't said it. I mean, there's a stasis grenade launcher, but is it stasis? Cause it's not necessarily doing stasis damage. It's hitting the ground and creating a stasis wave of ice. So I don't know. Like I, it, it, the, it's really honestly, really confusing. Um, it really is, um, to think, to think that like they, uh, you know, they said it was going to be a new power, but they've not really shown us if it's going to be on weapons. What do you make of the pyramid ship showing up on his coin? A community member reached out to me last night in regards to it and was curious where you thought this might play into the picture. Wait, a pyramid ship shows up on his coin? I don't know. Um, they said in the arrivals vid doc that it was a new element. Wither Horde is kinetic? Well, but that's just, that's not a, no. Go and read the description. It puts blights on the ground. It, bl- it, 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 it Enemies become blighted. A blight is something from the Taken. A Taken blight. Um, the power of blight, like the, the, the holes and the corruption and the big things on the ground and in the sky. I mean, I, I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah, his coin, he does. I see that now. Somebody got a screenshot of it. Um, I don't know. It means they're going to show up in Gambit or something. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Maybe the contact public event has an influence over the new version of Gambit or something because we've been doing similar Gambit behavior uh, in, we've been doing that in, in this season. So that could be, that could be part of it. Last Kokui says, with all the speculation about getting more subclasses and us getting poison or decay or blight taken, do you feel with blight taken that we will see a way to burn our enemies or allies, AKA taking them? This is where I'm not really sure if they would go this route. I don't know if a taken or a blighted subclass would be a way to like, oh, let's take control of the enemy I feel like it would more run along the lines of we are going to be 
blighting them and and hitting them with blighted powers because that's kind of what happens with well that's not what happens that that is essentially what happens with the wither horde you put a blight on the ground and it says blighted enemies they become blighted uh so it would be more like a form of dark darkness damage and not necessarily like oh we're gonna take control over something like mind control um because I don't think I don't think blight or taken powers are necessarily a because well, Oryx was the taken king and he was taking their will, but he wasn't like taken himself. He was hive. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it doesn't need to be that we basically become like Oryx. He created a force that we could learn to wield, a power that we could learn to wield. Because if you think about it, all of the Taken enemies have different sort of Taken powers, and they're like dark versions of what we have, like the Taken bubble that the Hobgoblins and the, well, I'm sorry, the Vandals put down, the Taken Vandals put down like a bubble, the Scions do like a Taken thing, uh, the Taken Phalanxes do like the blast with their shield, so it shoves people back, um, so there could be a lot of things they do with taken powers, like singularities that pull enemies in, uh, things that push them back, uh, things that ensnare them or, you know, blight them and do like damage over time. So there, there's a handful of ways they could take influence from what we've already seen. You know, we've already seen the taken. Yeah, the thrall kind of like teleport around and they're like real smoky. Um, yeah, they get the turrets. Yeah, the acolytes can get the the taken little eyes that they put down. Mhm. Mhm. Right. Yeah. So that could be right now you have arc buddy, right? That could be like a form of arc buddy. So that, be, that could be like a corrupted rift where you throw it down and that thing comes up next to you and is like a really powerful turret. Uh there's a variety of things that we've already seen in the game during the Taken King campaign in the Taken in the Taken uh enemy ranks that we could also then harness ourselves. I think there's a lot there. There's a lot of potential there. Um, Akuta Papa says, We talk about decay and we keep saying poison. Could it actually be a form of radiation as radiation fits the solar subclass as and is form of decay? Well, and that's actually in the lore. Somewhere in the lore, it talks about the four elements that like hold the universe together and the weaker nuclear power is called decay. And it could essentially be the inverse of solar which is weird because or the pairing with solar because then what's stasis pair with I guess arc um arc and stasis feel similar um so you know I we're all we're all putting our we're all putting our hands on the same elephant right if you go into a dark room and everybody's touching the elephant I might touch the leg and describe it as a tree trunk you might touch the tusks and describe it as almost like a smooth stone and somebody might touch the snout and think that there's a snake and yet it's all part of an elephant, right? We're all kind of doing the same thing. We're like, well, there's the lore, there's the items in the game now that do poison and blight, uh, you know, so there's a lot of things right now that point to, you know, these being abilities that we can wield, um, you know, so. And yeah, I mean, Oryx took himself, but that, again, my point was, is that he had the power to take that wasn't necessarily a taken ability. Does that make sense? Like putting a blight on the ground is not the same as having the power to take the and 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 take the will of another being. 
those things I believe are two separate things one is taken power the other is taking someone's will if you think about it like this the traveler gives us gives us the light and then the light enables us to wield light powers so oryx is kind of like at a traveler's level of power he has the actual ability to take and corrupt their will and then once they're taken they have taken abilities is kind of how I look at it as like a as a division of labor we don't need to ascend to the power of oryx and can take the will of other beings we would we would merely wield the taken abilities and powers to fight against the darkness as we're fighting against aramis with stasis cuz she's grabbing stasis too you know Snow Gaming, do you think with adding a new elemental burn that they should make some of the old exotic stasis or just the new ones coming in? Yeah, I don't know if you want to go back and start like reinventing stuff and being like, hey, you know, there's these these old subclasses need some love too. Um, I I don't I don't necessarily know if they need to do that because people are like, well, go back and make cold heart stasis or whatever. Uh, I don't know if that's necessary. Um, you know, I don't know if that's necessary. I would say they probably just knowing how Bungie kind of operates, they're probably going to want to make us focus on the new stuff anyway. That's usually how they do it. You know, they make you kind of shuffle forward. They don't make you, but they kind of incentivize it. Stasis is the opposite of solar. Solar is vibrational heat energy and stasis is the lack of energy entropy. Yeah, so what would the opposite of arc be and what would the opposite of void be if they're going to go that route? They might not go that route. They might not. The Real King Salty. Assuming more subclasses do come out, I feel there will be more of a need for synergy capabilities to be possible between the new and the old to help keep it all fresh and engaging instead of the new subclasses just being the ones to use because they're new. Thoughts? This touches on some some theories that people had about combos if you ever played Anthem, which Anthem's looking like it might actually have a promising future with their most recent blog. And I know that sounds crazy, but I've always felt like the core gameplay in Anthem is uh, is worth is worth a, a redo because it is so fun. Uh, it is so enjoyable. And uh, if you ever played Anthem, they did the uh, the primers and detonators combo thing, which was actually really satisfying combat. It really was. Um, and so they could do something like that with dark uh, with the dark subclasses. Um, they could they could they could they could do that. Uh, I just I just don't know if um, can I get his can I get his name to fit? I just realized these guys with long names there we go and then I can make the crop a little bit bigger some of you guys have such long names I just realized it was like it was like jacking up the crop there we go um they could do something with that you know you use one ability and I use the other here is one of the problems with that system in destiny okay in anthem I could prime and detonate all on my own. 
I did not need to rely on another person to do it. Now, there was a time where when I was running Colossus, if I wasn't playing with a storm, the storm did all of the priming, and then I would do all of the detonating. And if I got on a team and there wasn't anybody doing that, my Colossus felt kind of like garbage. So I came up with a build that did the priming and the detonating all on its own, and it was kind of stupidly strong. I would worry about that because if you're going to go into a matchmate encounter like a strike or low level nightfall or really anything that's matchmade or you're just in the public space and you can't get anybody to prime and you're sitting there trying to detonate, it'd be kind of irritating. So let's just make a really, really obvious one that you could do. If something is frozen and it gets hit with solar, that creates a combo because you blast them out of being frozen. And in blasting them out of being frozen, you create you know more damage or something. Um, I I think in I think in that regard that could be really really fun. But if everyone's running around with stasis and no one's running around with solar, then you're never seeing that happen. Or if you're running around with solar and nobody's running stasis, you know what I mean. I don't think combos would work in Destiny for that reason. Now, as I say that, maybe you could do your own combos. You freeze them, and then you use a solar weapon on them. You know? Imagine freezing a whole group of people, and then getting out Prometheus Lens and just combing over the group, and getting all these combo explosions. Um, you could do it on your own. Um, you, you could be your own detonator. So as I'm thinking about it, it might actually be possible. I just don't know. I don't know if that's the route they're going to want to take. Excuse me. Because I think that I think Destiny's combat is already in a place where they need to evolve it from just like shooty shoots, save your heavy and your supers for the big guys. Like that's just kind of Destiny's combat is um is just it just kind of hovers there. And I want them to add layers to the combat. And with the champions and stuff, so you're making different loadout decisions and combat decisions, and then when you finesse it, you go through areas uh, a lot smoother. I would really like that. However, I I don't know if that's the way to do it. I don't know if combos is a way of adding layers uh, to to Destiny combat. I don't want to like shoot the idea down and act like, um, you know, if. I don't want to shoot the idea down and act like, nope, you can't do that. You can't do that. You're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to put, put combos in the game. Combos could be the answer or could dovetail really well with champions. I don't know. You know, people say stasis slows. Well, the arc shank slow down too. Yeah. I mean, We'll just have to wait and see. I'm gonna say right now, if I put money on the table, I would not. Uh, I would not bet. I would not bet on them doing a combo system in Destiny. I wouldn't put money on the table. I, I would say probably not. I would say they would lean more heavily into the champion system as a way to create that depth in the combat. Uh, the Kraz. Could this experiment and augmenting the darkness subclass also be a trial for reducing the number of exotics in the future, since most exotics simply alter some part of the subclass? Yeah, I mean, obviously we touched on this when we mentioned the, you know, celestial. 
the, the, the exotics are so central to some builds that they essentially fu- you know function in this way I, I think this is true I, I think this is an accurate uh, take um, so I don't necessarily know if that's their goal though does that make sense like are they actually going to create this environment um, of you know oh well now that we're doing this we are gonna you know we're gonna do less exotics do you see what I'm saying like I don't know if they're gonna take the time to do all this to like create all this create all this you know this these aspects and fragments and the long the long game here is oh guess what now we don't have to do as many uh, exotics like I, I don't know about that I, I don't know if that's the proper read uh, the proper read here um, so Ashen Hollow I'm excited, not hyped. There is a difference. Do you foresee Bungie allowing our guns to work with our abilities, especially with aspects? Cross is always talking about Dragonfly making those fire tornadoes uh, from bottom tree hammers. I like that idea. I actually do. I think that's pretty good. Um, As far as it working with fragments, that kind of remains to be seen because they basically said that they're with what they've shown us, there are some aspects and fragments that increase gun damage sort of generically. Um, it looks like it's going to, you know, be for, like basically be like a debuff. It's going to make the enemies weaker, uh, weaker to your, uh, weaker to your guns. And so in essence, that is doing something to your gun. Now, I don't know if that's how they're going to do it. We've not even seen stasis weaponry yet. So we don't even know what that's going to look like. If in fact it is coming, I believe that it is coming, but we have no idea what stasis weaponry even looks like, or do we get stasis weaponry through aspects and fragments? Like that would be weird too. What if there was an aspect, man, oh man, they could bring back elemental primaries. I just thought of something. What if they had an aspect or a fragment that turned your kinetic weapon into a stasis weapon? Um, you know, kind of how they did that with the one uh, warlock exotic, where if you, do, isn't that what the one warlock exotic does? Like if you get a kill, like a critical kill, it applies the element of your subclass to the kinetic weapon. Because I loved running that with the Ace of Spades, because you got both Firefly and the Chrome, is it Chromatic Fire? Chromatic Fire pulls the element explosion from your subclass. So they could do the same thing with aspects and fragments. Maybe, maybe that's how they bring back elemental primaries, and we do get to a place where you can run three elements. You could, because if aspects and fragments comes to solar arc and void in the future, there could be generic aspects and fragments that allow you to do that, that allow you to add stasis to your kinetic. Or if it comes to solar void and arc, you could go into your arc subclass and add a fragment or an aspect that adds arc to your kinetic weapon. Um, that could be really, really good because that's a way to bring back elemental primaries and that's a way for you to change the elements to whatever you think is necessary dependent upon the gameplay and the shields and stuff. So then you could conceivably have Arc, Solar, and Void again on all three weapons. Um, yeah, I kind of like that. I, I, I do. I kind of like that. I would actually prefer it to be at the weapon level so that you could have one weapon and go for multiple versions because, you you know, you want to set the the element. Like, setting the element should be really expensive or maybe even permanent so that you would want to get maybe three different versions of your favorite weapon. Um, so, 
there are elemental primaries it's just a bad idea to run double primaries right right I mean there are there are elemental primaries but they're they they do less critical damage too they actually crit damage registers differently on an elemental primary and I don't know if osmosis does that to your kinetic or not I can't remember if anybody tested that I'm sure somebody tested it uh but yeah um so I I actually think that they they could do it a handful of ways I would prefer them to do it at the weapon level get rid of this freaking idea oh so it does osmosis does that yeah get rid of this idea of we need kinetic and energy weapons make all primaries do the same amount of critical damage and just give them all an element you know I, it's just I I don't know I would slam all primaries into that first slot as well and let you let you move them between the slots um so and I do have a talk where I think they could bring back double primary and let us run two primaries a shotgun and a heavy you know what I'm saying so your primary would have two slots you'd have two slots for primary one slot for secondary and one slot for heavy so the people that want to run double primary still could um, and then you would just disable the second primary in the crucible uh, Ericor says do you think aspects and fragments will be a success if not do you think the customizability of the subclass in D1 could work in D2 no, I don't. I think the customizability in D1 wasn't that great to begin with. A lot of the combos and a lot of the options were dead. No one used them. I think Aspects and Fragments has more uh, potential for a handful of reasons. Number one, they can seasonally release Aspects and Fragments to try out and test and to take for a spin. That keeps things fresh. That suddenly changes your subclass uh, and changes your gameplay, potentially. Um, that's kind of what they did with the Artifact right um i would say you you could then do the same thing with all of the other all of the other subclasses think about it if every subclass ends up with aspects and fragments every season you could release one new aspect and one new fragment for every subclass that's a lot once you add them all up but then that means every subclass could like go through an experimental phase where like oh i want to try out this new thing or well, I don't like the fragment, but the aspect might go really, really well with my build. It might change this one thing, and I could run, you know, a fusion rifle instead, and now my build's different, you know? Um, I don't know. There's a lot, I think there's a lot more flexibility here for growth, evolution, and tweaking, and just one big giant subclass I don't think would have been the right, uh, would, would have been the right call. You know what I mean? Oki says... How far ahead do you think Bungie begins developing the next content? If it's a year or more, it would seem like they would need to judge our reaction to the new subclass setup quickly to make changes to the light classes before the next expansion. Well, I will say this. I will say this. Um, before before Season of the Worthy launched, um, he got honked for trailer music. Like, he got... Cross got in trouble for the trailer music or just demonetized? Did he get a strike or did he get demon- the video demonetized? I'm okay if it gets demonetized. Like, I'm not worried about that. Um, but, um, before Season of the Worthy hit, I feel that Luke Smith did a really good job encapsulating and summarizing our problems with some of the things in year three. You know? Some of the things in year three. It was like, okay, this isn't so good, this isn't so good, this isn't so good. So all it took was 
um, one and a half seasons, one and a half seasons, um, demonetized. He said he took down his reaction and his reprocessing. Okay, that's fine. This stream will get demonetized. I'm not worried about it. That's it's a big day and big viewership. It stinks to lose all that ad revenue because of one minute, but that's just the automated system on YouTube that I would love for it to be refined. Um, I would like to figure out how short a video needs to be. Um, can someone look into that for me? What's the limit on a YouTube video? Because I could end the stream and start another one and then go mute that section. Um, but once streams get so long, you can't edit them, and we might be past that point. I think once you get beyond two hours, you can no longer trim or mute uh, on YouTube. Um, anyway. So, to answer your question, it took about one and a half seasons for Luke Smith to, I think, very accurately summarize our frustrations with decisions they made for year three with bounties um, and some of the other things that were going on. Um, And so I would hope that, yes, they would be able to do this. You know, we would get, you know, we would get a, a season and a half in and they would say, okay, here are some of the things with aspects and fragments that haven't worked well. Here are some of the things we need to do more of that has done really, really well. And then they would use that to hand off to whatever the team is that is handling if they're adding aspects and fragments to the other subclasses. People always mock and meme Bungie for the whole, you know, we're listening. But... I actually feel like he did a really good job. You know, he did a really good job going in and a director's cut and summarizing our frustrations with year three. And I would actually love to uh, to, to, to have that kind of a, a response before we get into Beyond Light. We could not include the trailer as the music was flagged uh, for us for copyright. So feel free to check the link below for the Destiny 2 Beyond Light launch trailer pinned as a comment on his video oh yeah I mean I YouTube is really really weird I can't like when I get a demonetization thing I can go and mute that section but once a stream gets so long I can't do it I don't know what that limit is I don't know if YouTube's ever officially announced like how short does your stream need to be in order to be able to mute a section so Next question from Horn Joe says, do you think when the light subclass gets reworded or reworked, would Bungie convert them into one of each instead of three of each? Uh, that I don't know. What I think that they would do is stasis could potentially get new supers. Okay. They do. They could do that. So stasis you have two supers for Hunter, two supers for Titan, two supers for Warlock, because all of the light subclasses have two as well. You can cut the beginning, middle, or end of your video on a computer. You do not need to re-upload a video to trim it. That feature is only available for videos shorter than six hours. So if I keep this broadcast under six hours, I will be able to mute that and maintain monetization. Okay. So what I'll do is we're at four hours, four and a half hours. I'll just end right before six and then we can go back live in the event that the TWAB goes live early. That's fine. 
we should be fine. I should be able to do that. Thank you, uh, Krebsy. The light have three each. Do they? No, you have Golden Gun, and you modify Golden Gun with attunements, and you have Way of a Thousand Cuts. Right? You have Blade Barrage and Golden Gun. Now, Golden Gun, you could use Aspects and Fragments to do the Six Shooter or the other one, right? Whatever they... I forget what they call it. Do you see what I'm saying? For for the Titan, for Smash, there's it's Titan Smash, and there's two versions of Titan Smash, and then there's Code of the Missile. Top, middle, and bottom trees equals three. No, 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 no. You got it wrong. Two supers. There are two solar supers for Warlock. There's Dawnblade and there's Well of Radiance. And you modify Dawnblade with attunements. So you could use aspects and fragments to retain those options. Does that make sense? Like, if you want to retain top tree dawn blade bottom tree dawn blade you would do it with aspects and fragments so then what you would do is when you pick solar you would pick dawn blade or well of radiance and then aspects and fragments come in behind and you build you build what that's how they would do it essentially um so there's two solar supers for everybody two arc two void etc and then you pick your attunements Stasis could go through a similar thing where they're like, "Hey, by the way, we're going to be adding, we're going to be adding a new, a new super to Stasis, so that you have two for each, and then it would match all of the light ones as well." Um, yeah, there's two arcs. There's arc. Yeah, you're right. Arc staff doesn't really have two. I mean, it does and it doesn't, right? Because don't you pop arc staff and then spin on demand? I forget how that works. Um, good point titan just has a shield in all three yeah and then you like pop the pop the bubble or whatever titan has the hammer and the bigger hammer yeah 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 titan said bubble two yeah i i think they could homogenize it so everybody essentially has two supers and then aspects and fragments to to essentially let you go back if you wanted to do you know let's say you wanted to run bottom tree Celestial Nighthawk. Well, you could you you would be able to rebuild that. You would just do it with aspects and fragments instead. Um, same with Void. Technically, there's one arc for Hunter. That's true. They could revisit that super though, because Arc Strider basically, you're right, only has one, and then you can do something to do the spin. And Titan basically only has one, and then you can do the thing to like pop the bubble. Um, so and keep in mind they could overhaul all of it and say yeah we really didn't feel like this super was doing what it needed to so we're going to reevaluate it and recreate it and da da blah 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 like they could revisit all of that I mean let's say they do this in Witch Queen I mean that's pretty long in the game's life cycle I, they could reevaluate some of those supers you know they reevaluate some of them technically Dawnblade is the only one you just are slamming the blade into the ground. Right, it's like Sentinel, right? You, you technically can pop the shield and throw it if you want, or you can create the Ward of Dawn. And yeah, Goldie completely changes, actually, because you get blades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It isn't, it isn't, it isn't, uh, it's not even across the board on how they decided to do all of it. That is true. So they could make, 
you slot where you decide where the supers are in the aspects and fragments page yeah you would just be in that page and you would pick which super you want like over on the left then your class abilities are at the top and then aspects and fragments are kind of in the middle and the right um so I think that's why they did this though they don't have to rebuild the other supers they just have to kind of restructure how they're how how you get from point A to point B so well that was our first Q&A session with this awesome new layout. We're going to transition to VIP call-ins in just a moment. If you are here in the live audience and you'd like to take part in that, you need to be a VIP member. The easiest way to support me is to click subscribe and the like button. It is free to subscribe on this platform. The join button is separate. That's becoming a paid member and there are different tiers of support. So please, if you're enjoying the content, this is a safe for work broadcast Monday through Friday. It's kind of like an interactive radio show you can keep on in the background. Click subscribe, click like and stick around for the next segment of VIP call-ins oh there's another question Uh, on the night before launch Destiny 1 will undergo oh you mean Destiny 2 undergo 14 hour maintenance do you think that we could possibly get a subclass in the first Destiny oh no no that's just because they're all connected to the same server uh, infrastructure no I don't think so um, so anyways, uh, that is, uh, the end of Q and a, if you're listening elsewhere, uh, this does hit all the podcast platforms, uh, as well as the SNTR network website, you should bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. You can get the schedule and all my content in one locations. This live channel that I do on YouTube, SNTRlive.com is purely live. So that's all you're going to get on this YouTube channel is live content. The uploads hit another, uh, channel and all of it ends up on SNTRnetwork.com. So if you're here live, don't go anywhere. Uh, and if you're listening elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session that took place after my talk about more darkness subclasses. If you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes or any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday at SNTRlive.com. If you'd prefer the uploads or just the video breakout segments, go to SNTRnetwork.com. SNTRnetwork.com has all of my content in one location. Schedules, the videos, the breakouts, all of it. It's very easy. Rageous Roundtable, Repeat Theater, and these episodes of SNTR Presents. Our first caller actually hasn't called in in a while. Techno calling back in, saying Europa shouldn't be free. I know there's a lot of people that think free-to-play was a mistake, so elaborate on why you think Europa should not be free. Well, I don't really think free-to-play itself was inherently a mistake. I just think that Bungie is not really making the best decisions in regards to what they should make for free to play players like i think stuff from the dcv that stuff can be free but if it's completely new content like europa i think that should be locked behind the expansion paywall just specifically europa the planet itself i think everything on europa and that involves europa Okay, okay. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to do this. Ben Bino, thank you for becoming uh, the 14th new member today. Enjoy the badge and emotes. <sighs> it's like, so I can't... Like, go ahead. Like, if you pick up an exotic quest on Europa and it makes you run over to the Tangled Shore, that should be behind the paywall. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're doing with the exotic quests in, in, in general. Um, they do a... Uh, they, they definitely do one exotic like that's free and like time gated for everybody and then they also have exotic quests so I don't think they're going to have exotic quests that you can do for free as far as I know the only thing that's free is the patrol zone itself 
on Europa. So if they would have done this in Forsaken, it's like you could have gone to the Tangled Shore, but you couldn't do the Baron fights. You could have gone to the Dreaming City, but you couldn't have done any of the actual things like Ascendant Challenges, Offering. Um, I mean, maybe Blind Well. I don't know what they would have done with Blind Well, but um, I do think that I do think that it, this is one of the, the frictions right now in the structure of the content is people are like, traditionally, when I bought an expansion, the expansion came with new locations, and now everybody gets the locations. So for, other, for, for a lot of the people, they're like, I'm spending $40, and you've gutted one of the main value points. Like, I got the Dreadnought. I got the Dreaming City and the Tangled Shore. And in this case, it's like you're getting Europa and the Cosmodrome, but so is everybody else. Um, and then there's the we're probably going to get a new destination set for Europa too, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I assume that that will probably, if it comes from like world drops, if it's from a vendor, then we probably will have to pay for it. But we don't know. I think it's just if they were to just put new destination Europa under the Beyond Light paid for section, we wouldn't really be worrying that much about value transmission for the expansion. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't think they're going to get the loot. I don't think they'll do that. All they can do is just browse the location and do patrols and maybe like the pub events or something and, and, and experience the weather. If there's actual loot on the planet, um, like I don't think if you're free to play and you go to the moon, I don't think you get Dreambane armor or the Lecter, and I don't think you can interact with any of that stuff. Um, uh, Snowbird says, I think we need to accept that free to play and beyond light is a lake with no depth. If you want depth, you need to buy it. The free-to-play content will have no substance. I I do agree with that. I think that is part of the problem here is that I think folks are kind of losing sight of the fact that like, driving around a public space is not that exciting. Um, there's not really anything that comes from that. I mean, if you can't get any of the new loot... But the stuff in the space, like if Moon is free, then you can go and do, even though everyone hates it, Altar of Sorrow. You can go do the Lost Sectors. You might not be able to pick up bounties from Eris or the Lectern, but you can still go do the Lost Sectors and participate in Altars of Sorrow and do that stuff. Right, and this is how I look at it. When you look at the Season Pass, there is the top rung that is free, and it's pretty sparse. And the whole time, you can see that bottom rung, and you're like, if I spend the $10, I get all that cool stuff on the bottom rung. And I feel like that's what they're trying to do with the public space. It's like, yeah, you can come here and it's kind of sparse. Like there's lost sectors and there's public events, but you can't do this activity. You can't get this loot. You can't get these guns unless you pay. They're trying, I think, to use the planets as like a, almost as a marketing tool, the way they do with that top rung on the season pass. Like everybody does that now, right? There's a mobile game I play with my kiddos and I'm like getting free stuff on the bottom rung and if I pay money there's all this flashy cool stuff on the top rung and I, I mean I refuse to do that I, I'm, I'm, that, I'm that stubborn free play player that's not going to give the game any money and I feel that that is essentially what they're trying to do with the planets it's like yeah you can come to Europa but there's so much more going on for paid you know for the paying consumers with respect to loot and you know the the armor is going to feel you, you, they're going to be getting I think there's a generic whirlpool they'll probably just be getting like it'll probably be all old reissued stuff I would think well with respect to free to play players I don't really care what they want they haven't spent any money on the game like mm-hmm. the people that bought Forsaken bought Shadowkeep bought the season passes 
that's the reason why Europa was even able to be made in the first place was because people paid for stuff. Right. Well, and you know, somebody in chat is saying they didn't have time to play. So they just, they jumped back in and played for a while, but then they stopped because they were free to play. Like free players are more likely to spend money on coins than we do. Right. I mean, I don't, I agree with you. The front side of what you said, we need to be, we need to be careful here. Like I'm not necessarily saying like free to play players are owed anything. I don't think I'm they not are. saying like throw them to the wolves, but if it's like Europa is new, it's been made. It was something not in the game before. It's not something that you can say, well, Bungie made this already. So why am I paying for it again? Like Cosmodrone was in D1. They're bringing it back to D2. Everyone should be able to go to the Cosmodrone. It's something that already existed i can see that and truth be told they're not making the cosmodrome a centerpiece for the uh the purchase of beyond light they talked about it in a twab and it's mainly they're setting it up for like new players like all these trailers have centered around europa stasis aramis you know they haven't really used cosm they've used cosmodrome in the footage but they haven't really talked about it i don't think they're trying to sell it which makes sense right like why would i pay 40 dollars and have you sitting here talking about a planet from d1 um Here's this kind of rubs both ways, right? I don't really care either if like free to play players want more or don't feel like they're getting enough because I'm 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 with you. It's like well you're not spending any money, right? On the other side of the coin, if someone can come to Europa and get a taste for the new era that we're in, and they see new stuff, new activities, new items, and that gets them to purchase, become a paying consumer, and then they become a fan of the game. I'm all for it because I feel that I feel that that's kind of the main goal here. If if we get really cross-armed and annoyed and we're like you guys shouldn't be making all this stuff free, you know, and then and then Bungie feels like they can't make stuff free, it could hurt a new player funnel that's actually really good for the game long term. My concern is never um I think because I talk about this, people maybe think that I feel like we're not getting enough or or we're not getting enough for our money. I am mainly driving home the dialogue that Bungie needs to get better about establishing the value of what I get when I purchase versus the free. The free seems to be cannibalizing the content. It's like, I look at the list and I'm like, okay, the free-to-play players get a junk ton of stuff and then I spend money for a small amount of stuff. Like, it doesn't look good on like, the website. Doesn't I look have good the on list the pulled up right here. In Beyond Light on launch day, there's only three thing, There's only three bullet points listed. The campaign, mm-hmm. stasis, and salvation's grip exotic grenade launcher. Right. But you have and then to look for free to play. It says new destinations, new season armor, new exotic weapons, new strikes, new lost sectors, seasonal ranks, artifacts, triumphs, shaders, and then your activities like Iron Banner and Dawning. Right, and the calendar plays a pretty big part here because there's a raid and there's a couple of things we're not really clear on, like discover the secrets of Europa goes to January 12th, what are the Empire hunts, what is the Glassway strike opens, are those activities, or are those just fancy ways of saying there's a strike in a campaign, like, and those things are reserved for only Beyond Light holders. So, this is where the lack of clarity is my issue. I'm not worried. Like, I don't feel like I'm going to spend the 40 and then the extra 10 and I'm like, I'm going to get ripped off. That's not a fear that I have. I'm saying from a consumer standpoint that that housekeeping I talked about a little bit ago, there needs to be clear communication 
to the people that are like, dude, I don't really understand what, what I'm getting here. Like, I'm looking at free-to-play and then the paid and the free-to-play list, as you just outlined it. It looks like it's a whole lot longer. And I think that's part of the problem. And Bungie, as we've said a couple of times today, they may be looking at you and everybody else that's saying this and being like, yeah, well, sales projections and pre-orders are good. And we're more focused on just marketing and, and making everything look awesome and filling the funnel with players. And if you're going to sit on the fence and not buy, you know, that's okay. More than likely you're going to jump in because you're going to play for a little bit and then you're going to want to buy anyway. Um, it kind of works both ways. Biggest reason I have issues with the value transaction is like if I buy Beyond Light, that's that's the game I'm going to buy for November. Like, right. Mm-hmm. So why should I buy Beyond Light over a different $50 or $60 game? I don't some people have issues seeing that like i could just you know come back in like december and buy beyond light because then mm-hmm. i won't have to wait for the drift feed of everything i'll have a nice pile of stuff for me to do well and i think that's one of the reasons why it landing in november i think has actually increased this conversation's um tenacity like this conversation won't go away people are kind of tired of it i'm not tired of it but there are people that are like oh i'm so sick of talking about this Th- this conversation's tenacity is because there was a delay and it's in a very full month november tends to be kind of full and um i think that's adding to it as you said i can wait and i can get it later and i can get it all and then have a bit of a feast instead of feeling like it's drip fed and i can enjoy a new game in november i guess my my only pushback here is if you buy cyberpunk got delayed but even if cyberpunk let's say cyberpunk didn't get delayed you have no idea the amount of hours you're going to get you don't know how long the campaign is like that usually happens after a review right like somebody goes through and says if you absolutely blitz this and don't do side missions it's a 20 hour campaign you know it's an 80 hour campaign if you play exhaustively like you usually get that information from your reviewers so even new games don't necessarily get get too in depth in what they tell you and in what they communicate about like what you get for the 60 you are kind of gambling and going out on a whim like maybe this will be good maybe it won't maybe the depth in the RPG elements won't be there maybe they will I don't know um I just think expansions are different to the player and the community and the gaming world like our mind on this is different and the example I've given if if division 2 or borderlands 3 they were like, or, you know, Elder Scrolls Online. They're like, hey, we're adding a $50 expansion. Everyone would say, cool, what do I get? And they'd want to go to a page that listed, you know, X number of new items, X number of missions, um, you know, X number of new abilities to unlock and invest in. And, and here's this whole new map and area you're going to. And to their credit, I think Bungie has done that to a point. We have the map of Europa. We've got the information on aspects, fragments, and the stasis subclasses. Uh, we know that there's basically two campaigns, maybe a smaller, shorter one, but I mean, it looks pretty good for Season of the Hunt. And then we have our main antagonist and Aramis and the, you know, the main characters that we're going to be interacting with. I just think for us, the, the I really do think it comes down to Luke Smith and the tone he set with the director's cuts. We want to have the housekeeping conversation. We want to know the quality of life things that are going to be happening with reinvigorating core activities and adding an upper echelon of loot for sunsetting and uh, refueling aspiration. These are all things he set a tone for in the director's cut. So I think your request and your desire isn't something you made up on your own. I think it's actually kind of come from Bungie this year, especially. Well, 
on the season side i'm pretty much sold on the season just for the everything that it looks like alone with aldrin being back and everything sorry if that's a spoiler for some people yeah it's in the trailer well, and, and, and Milky is saying, you know, ESO did a $40 expansion a few months ago, and they had a massive list of specific things uh, that per- that came with the purchase. It puts Destiny to shame. And I, I do. I think that there needs to be a clear d- divider, you know, divided the way you do the season pass. Like, I should come to a splash page right now for Beyond Light and just be able to scroll through be like here's all the things i get for purchase and the stuff on the side that's free to play that's fine like that stuff's there um i don't know i the 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 dreadnought and the moon and feeling like we were paying for access and that's not really a part of it anymore i think it's part of the reason why uh, some people feel this way chat forgive me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure in eso that you have to buy the expansions to be able to go to the new areas it's been a while since i played eso but i'm pretty sure it was like that I, I think that that's true because they did they did a whole but, I, I still remember a trailer about it and they talked about yeah Milky's saying that's correct and he's like an ESO fan like he's big that's, that's his thing um, I, just the zone there itself adds value like even if you just drive through your spare to go do something else just the zone there itself adds value like it's a waste of space but it's still a value point to have that zone being paid for so Maybe, like, I'll meet you somewhere in the middle and, like, certain areas of Europa are there, but they can't go to the areas that have, like, the public events or the lost sectors. It's like they can land in and see, like, the destination vendor, but they can't, like, go and explore Europa. I think a really good middle ground here would be to say free to all players um, patrol patrol tutorial mission or something so they get to go to the new planet and kind of run around and see it all and then when the mission's over that's it like that's just like a, hey that's that's part of the uh, beyond light expansion it's pretty cool isn't it now a year later you could make it free but you could you could do that like that's fine you know what their appetite like do they need unlimited access I don't, I don't know if that would do anything to, to sort of solve this problem of people feeling like I'm not even really paying for access to Europa anymore. And this is where Bungie could feel that that um, in many people's minds there's this vacancy. They could fill that vacancy and say, well, yes, everyone gets Europa for free, but you get this loot pool, weapons, armor sets. You get this activity. You get this, th- like, you get these things that are going to unlock, like, that secrets could be the aspects and fragments. The empire hunts could be that. I mean, we just don't know. And well, let's look back at Forsaken 2 and like Forsaken was 40 if I'm remembering correctly at launch, right? It was, yeah. We got two destinations there. One of them was completely unknown being the Dreaming City plus the raid plus everything else that came with Forsaken. And here we're paying 40 for Beyond Light, but everyone gets to go to Europa. Maybe there's a second destination hidden and we don't know and that's going to be like the last two missions of the campaign that unlocks it like forsaken or we just everyone gets europa and that's it well we dreaming city was known because we watched the uh we watched the vid doc the other day and they talked about the dreaming city and how the raiders were going to change it uh that was actually um that was actually something that they did uh for uh 
for the vid doc. So we knew Dreaming City was coming and that it was going to change and that raiders were going to raiders were going to be affecting it. So, I mean, I hear what you're saying though. It was like we spent the 40 and then we got two destinations, a raid, a dungeon like it, Forsaken was really stout. Here's the problem. Forsaken and that year cuz Black Armory had a raid, Opulence had a raid. Those were two pretty good seasons as well. I don't know Opulence as a raid. That was a raid layer. Well, they were both kind of raid layers, truth be told. Like, Scourge is pretty short, too. I mean, Scourge is one encounter, a Sparrow race, and then you get the two encounters at the end. That's kind of a raid layer, right? about Anarchy again. Right. But you get the point. Like, these these raids, and that, that year especially... That was their maximum bandwidth of development. They had Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios. So I think that's part of the problem right now is people are like, man, that was such a good year, such a good time. You're now free from Activision. Is it, are, are we actually going to get more or close to the same since, I mean, we're paying 50. Um, and I think that, I think that's actually a valid sort of concern because, and again, I think Bungie is looking at and saying, the hardcore people are going to buy, they're going to play, and we're trying to fill the funnel with new, and we're kind of trying to do both. And if sales projections and pre-orders are in a good spot, with respect, they don't care about techno. They don't care about techno tyrant. They don't. They're like, yeah, there's not enough of you. Like, we're not going to devote a bunch of time and writing and, and splash pages and marketing to techno. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, what I'm really looking for to, like, justify the purchase is, like, you know, we got x new activities and like x new armor sets and these vendors got refreshed and like a a clear thick bold line that tells me i am paying for that stuff that that's not what free-to-play players get so like if they were to say altars of sorrow you have to pay for europa to or you have to pay for shadow keep to be able to do altars of sorrow and the nightmare hunts and all that stuff that was a very clear value transmission over here it's europa's free we don't really know if there's going to be a public space activity on europa there'll probably be public events because there's public events everywhere and then we have the roadmap for the empire hunts the glassway strike and the secrets but we don't know what that means exactly and usually there's a trailer of sorts in the past they would do trailers to explain that like you're going to be doing in remember when they had trailers for like escalation protocol like we knew what one of the central we knew kind of what the central activities were going to be and right now they have seemingly started to go with a more uh, tight-lipped marketing strategy where they don't do that we have like you we were debating it just this morning what is the glassway strike why is it opening strikes don't open they get thrown into the playlist so the phrase the glassway strike opens is that an activity? Is How did they activity? refer to the corrupted strike opening? Did they say launch or opens? It said new strike colon the corrupted strike or something like that. I don't know. I mean, it people people were copying and pasting stuff earlier and being like, they've never really talked about a strike in this way. So we're all kind of in the dark. And and the empire hunts, is that going to be like nightmare hunts where I match make into it? It's repeatable, it's grindable, it's loopable? Or is it going to be barren fight adventures that are not repeatable? Like we had in Forsaken. I, they've decided to not say as much you know they, they, they got their hand burned by Bastion and because they got their hand burned by Bastion they've kind of diverted to a more uh, you know a more tight lipped strategy oh is it on the calendar 
Is that strike on the calendar or is it just listed? They say new strike the festering core, new strike the scarlet keep for the shadow keep roadmap. Oh right, new strike festering core. Yeah, I'm looking at it's it's messing with my overlay. Yeah, new strike festering core, new strike scarlet keep. Yeah, I don't know if they've ever used the expression um <laughs> you know strike opens. It's just odd. It is. It's odd. So we're either going to get more info in a TWAB, a director's cut, or maybe some kind of a trailer for here's what it's going to feel like in year four. Here's what these activities are going to feel like for paying customers. If we don't get that, I think they're just trusting for the the, the community to do its own self-discovery, and that's good enough for them. Because, I mean, they... They are, uh, they're, they're, they're changing the marketing strategy. We didn't know anything about arrivals until an hour before. So, and I know this is different because it's an expansion, but it, we're just in different time, different year. And I think their marketing well, plans are more one thing we got to keep in mind is we don't really have to pre-order. Sure. There's bonuses, but you don't have to buy it before it's out. You can wait like a week or two weeks or a month and see how it is and then buy it if you think it's worth it but in the end it's ultimately if you think it's worth the money and i I think the best way for me to prove that would be worth the money is if they took the stuff on europa and just shoved that into the pay side and i would have no question for my beyond light pre-order Right, and so I can flip the telescope around here and act like, well, free-to-play, you guys think free-to-play is the enemy and it's devaluation, but free-to-play enables you to be a more cautious consumer. You can jump in, check out Europa, check out what you're missing as a non-paying consumer, and then have a clear picture of, no, yeah, I do want to pay. This stuff looks pretty awesome. So I actually think there's there's two sides to free-to-play. There's the side that you might be annoyed by or you feel like it's, it's kind of devaluing expansions and areas, but you could flip that around and say man you it empowers you to be a lot more cautious as a consumer and not feel burned you can you can play and try out some of the new stuff and then decide later if you want to buy you can wait a whopping 24 to 48 hours and you'll probably have a pretty clear picture on whether or not you want to buy um i don't know i think i think there's there's pros and cons to free to play free to play should be more like a window shopping where you can see what's in the windows you can see what's in the stores walk down the streets check out different stores but you can't go in and buy anything unless you're willing to get into this get into the store which would be dropping the money on beyond light and i think that's what they want the season pass to be is like you're constantly feeling like oh i just hit level 10 on the season pass i didn't get all those cool things like you're always kind of feeling like you want to spend the money so um okay that's good i gotta i gotta move on to the next car though techno good call dude all right let me go to... Oh, let me scroll here. Astrid is calling in, and she says Traveler leaving is what they'd like to talk about. You want to elaborate on that? Astrid, are you there? Is your mic muted or something? You left and came back. I unmuted you. You got, like, like remuted by uh, Discord. Has Astrid said anything in the discord recently it was around earlier and everything was fine let me do this let me try and drag i don't want to i don't want to take this too long let me drag in and out of the dead voice to this one are you there astrid hello hello 
Okay. Well, because this is recorded and people do listen to this later, I am going to have to... Wait, hang on. Astrid is typing in the Discord. I'm going to give you a little bit of time here because we are... We're 25 minutes in if somebody makes it this long. Mic problem? Okay. Well... I'm gonna have to move on. I'm gonna have to cut the recording because it people uh, people listen to this on other platforms and it's in the live environment. It's fine just to kind of chill and fix things, but I'll have to end the recording. Um, for those of you if you're listening to this elsewhere and you're like, oh, that'd be so cool to call in. Uh, you can pick a VIP membership on the YouTube channel or Patreon, but YouTube's primarily where we do everything. Uh, you can go to sntrlive.com to watch these live, and uh, you can go to SNTR Network. Dot com. You want to bookmark sntrnetwork.com. All the videos and sessions go there as well as schedule. And all of my content is in one location. If you're here live right now in the audience, don't go anywhere. We're going to keep on streaming. But if you're listening to this elsewhere, please like, share, and subscribe. <laughs>